Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that his mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here. Ooh, this is Wretched Radio, encouraging, exhorting, threatening you to please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, ideas, stories, sermons, whatever is wretched, please send it to idea at wretched.org. But before we dip into the mailbag, let's study some twisted scripture, shall we? James, would you like to guess what Bible verse Vladimir Putin decided to mangle in order to justify the wonderful war in Ukraine? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Put imagine. on the full armor. That would be a good one to uh, mangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, it's talking about physical military warfare. No, it's talking about spiritual warfare. The verse that he chose to quote sort of was John... 1513 quote and i'm translating this from russian for you just in case you don't speak it you know i remember the words from the bible there is no other love rather than if someone gives soul for their friends insert wild applause there well that would be john 1513 no greater love has any man than this and he who lays down his life for a friend um that's a little bit different than a soldier going to war and getting killed, especially when you're the attacking army. Now, you could potentially apply that verse. That's not what Jesus was getting at, of course, but you could apply that verse to those who do lay down their lives for a friend. It's a good thing. It's just a little bit different when you are the aggressor as instead of the one that is defending somebody. Quote, These words from the Holy Scripture of Christianity. It's something that is very dear to those who profess this religion. Indeed, it is. By the way, in Russia, 300 Russian Orthodox priests have signed on to a letter that said, we don't like the war. That's something. Even though there's thousands of them, 300 found the courage to do so. Oh, look at this. Even though there are way fewer evangelical churches in Russia, 400 ministers were willing to condemn the invasion of Ukraine. And yet one more difference between Eastern Orthodoxy and evangelicalism. Please send your emails to, you know, before we get to emails. I'm just going to interrupt myself again. Can you interrupt an interruption? I think we just did. Would you please consider supporting Tomorrow Clubs at this time? 
The clubs, obviously, in Ukraine, they can't operate every week. But that doesn't mean that tomorrow clubs aren't busy. They are uniquely positioned to help a lot of people. There are hundreds and hundreds of tomorrow clubs with volunteers, with leaders in all of the small towns of Ukraine. And they're utilizing the resources and the support that people send to them. Instead of running the clubs at the moment, they're just bringing food and water to people who need it. So if you'd like to continue supporting the Tomorrow Clubs or begin to help our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, they'd be muy grateful. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. All right. You ready for questions? Well, before I- I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> Thinking, I'm, I'm thinking. Trying to interrupt yourself again. I was thinking about it. <laughs> you know, it's not easy. You know, I think you're going to disagree with me, but um, I think I, I I agree with Vladimir's interpretation there. Do you? Yeah, I think I do. Because April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was waiting to hear that hermeneutic. That would have been. <laughs> hey, speaking of hermeneutics, this is this is nothing to get. Mm, concerned about yet but let's see if i can there was an announcement that was made that it is time to redo the chicago statement on biblical inerrancy and okay that that can happen where we need to take a look at something and 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 reconsider the language is it current in that regard but i read this particular line and it caused me to go, oh, I hope they're not talking about what I hope they're not talking about. There is going to be uh, the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy. It was written in 1978. It's a comprehensive, clear articulation of the sufficiency and inerrancy of the Bible. But we're hosting a series. This is the Gospel Coalition is hosting a series about the need to revise and clarify arguments Okay, in light of, uh-oh, new hermeneutical and cultural arguments. Now, I could defend the cultural arguments. In other words, there's this thing that people are saying now. They've come up with a new ruse to try to discredit the inerrancy of the Bible. We need to address that in the Chicago Statement. Okay, I can live with that. This new hermeneutic, well, <laughs> Hermeneutics don't change. Neither does the word of God. We always practice it the same way. I sure hope. I really do. I'm trying to be hopeful and positive because that's not my nature, but I'm giving it a go anyway that this isn't CRT, a helpful analytical tool being introduced. Oh, please don't let that happen. We'll keep watching. Please send questions. You know, Jimmy, I could interrupt myself right now to promote Herman Who. You could. Available at wretched.org. But I'm not going to do that. Let's get to the mailbag, shall we? All right. This one comes from Derek, who says, Todd, I'm part of a Native American tribe, and every year tribal members receive a percentage of what the casinos make. Yeah. Is it right to take that money? Oof. Oof. This reminds me of a similar conundrum for churches. And as I recall, I landed square in the camp of Adiaphoron. <laughs> it's different churches are going to decide whether or not they should take money that was given to them when it wasn't given from somebody who's maybe very noble or somebody won the lottery and they want to give money to the church. Some people would say, I can't do that because of the source of it. I think that's analogous to this situation. Would I take a check 
if the government gave it to me because of casino money. I think there's two sides of it, and I do think that we're just going to have to let this be a conscience issue. Somebody's going to say, well, no, of course you shouldn't because casino money, it is unbiblical. It's a get-rich-quick scheme. It preys on the poor. It promotes covetousness, slothfulness. It is not good stewardship of time. And they would say, so don't don't take it. I think you'd have some other Christians saying, look, if, if that's what people want to spend their money on, and the government wants to distribute it to me, okay. If somebody wants to be a knucklehead with a one-eyed ba- one-armed bandit, although maybe there is a one-eyed bandit in the casino someplace, if they wanted to spend their money that way, and if the government wants to give it away, well, so be it. I can live with that. So I think I'd land squarely into Romans 14 or 1 Corinthians 8 through 10, if you'd like a slightly longer treatise on the subject of disputable dispensations, different Christians, probably going to have a different response. So the only admonition that would get tossed onto a Christian liberty issue is don't sin against your conscience. If you think it's a sin, You can't take the money. You just don't do it because you will override your alarm system. You will cause it to become dull, and you can never do that. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, let's just say that you qualified for casino money. Would you take the cash? Yes. How come? No, I probably wouldn't. That was a joke. You know, it's hard. It's hard to say because... I don't know what it's like on Native American land where they have the casinos. Are, you know, I don't know if are the people spending their money that they don't, you know, that they shouldn't. Well, how, how, well are you talking about the casino or the people who receive very large checks every month? No, the people that are actually spending the money at the casino. Oh, well, they're doing it voluntarily. They're doing something that is considered legal. And we all know once it's legal, it's no longer immoral. Wait a second. That doesn't make sense. We have a different standard. So I I, I think that they are sinning by gambling. Uh, Now, please keep in mind, because inevitably when it comes to this subject, somebody goes, wait a second. Like I play I play nickel poker with my buddies. I don't think that's gambling, but you should be mindful that even playing around with gambling like matchsticks or a nickel for the hand of cards, got to make sure that we're not doing something that might excite a desire in somebody with whom I'm playing because it might just be enough to cause them to get the bug, get the itch. Apparently it's something that's hard to scratch. If you have a gambling proclivity, don't like the word addiction proclivity. So we need to be really mindful of it. I think the people who are going there because they're desiring things that it's just not good for community, for society. I, I, I I don't think that I could work there. Would I take money there? I, you know, what day is today? I think maybe tomorrow, probably not. But then again, on the other hand, I could. Now, just as a aside to what Jimmy was not referring to, how do people use that money? Uh, based on what I've seen, they use it very, very poorly. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help. 
right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the needs of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground. The Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to children evangelism. Learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. You've heard us talking about it for well over a year now. Get ready, because we are finally less than a month away from the debut of Transform. It's our latest TV offering, which will be like nothing else seen on Christian TV. With Transform, you will be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like anxiety, OCD, depression, phobias, and trauma. You're not going to see secular counseling sessions offering band-aids like medication or years of weekly visits, but you will see a biblical counselor providing biblical solutions that will help solve a person's issues with the Bible. Because biblical counseling is the only counseling that can provide real hope and help a person go from brokenness to wholeness. Hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford, professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University, and Dale Johnson, the executive director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Transformed unlike anything that's ever been produced. And it's coming April 1st. If only we had a clip of Dr. Steve Lawson explaining what the Masters Academy International is and perhaps encouraging you to support it. Hey, hey, what's this button? The goal of TMAI is to take the timeless truths and the timeless principles that are found in the Word of God and build those into men in those countries so that they in turn can preach the Word of God and be used by God to plant churches. Talk about providence, Dr. Steve Lawson, commending and encouraging you to support this long vision ministry, equipping pastors to rightly divide the Word of Truth by going to a mini seminary, we'll call it, in 17 nations around the globe, trained by a master seminary graduate. It is brilliant. Please learn more about the Masters Academy International, wretched.org slash pastor. Important dates in Christian history. 529 AD. Benedict of Nursia establishes his monastic order outside of Rome. His written code of conduct, called the Benedictine Rule, becomes the most influential guide for centuries of monasticism in the West. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Questions, comments, conundrums, even snarks. And I got to tell you, there have been some funny snarks coming in lately. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio, hoping you'll send all of the aforementioned to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, I should have printed this out. There's a police officer who sent an email in regard to me using the word holla. <laughs> it was basically, uh, uh, dear Mr. 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 Friel, I've, I've worked the streets of Los Angeles for 21 years, and I have to tell you, 
in all of my years, I have never, ever seen, heard, or experienced anything more awful and evil than hearing you say, holla! <laughs> it was a little cringy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just being relevant. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, funny or otherwise, to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Chad, who says, Todd, I have a, there's a church leader in my church where who wears a Let's Go Brandon hat mm. to church. And, you know, I don't think it's right. He does take it off and place it on the coat rack. But I think I need to talk to him as he is a leader in the children's department. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'd probably want to talk to him also lovingly, respectfully, but explain why. What, what the problem is, I would run to Ephesians 4, 28 through Ephesians 5, 3. We are warned in the book of James to watch our mouths, watch how we communicate. Now, that I think applies not just to our tongues, but also to our pens, perhaps to our outerwear, the garments that we put on that have messages on them. We are communicating through those means. And I think we're simply called to a higher standard in Ephesians 4 and 5. We just have to do better than the world does. Believe me, I get the sentiment. I understand the frustration. I see the inflation, the, just the, everything moral. And we've got a president who actually celebrates eight-year-olds who think that they're a different gender, celebrates it, telling them, I've got your back. I mean, oh, <laughs> I get it. But I still can't use even a euphemism for a potty word to express disgust. Talk to him lovingly. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Marion. Todd, uh, since God knows the end from the beginning, why did he put Saul in as king if he knew how it was going to end? I'll give you some homework. Start reading through First and Second Samuel. You can also read, of course, First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. But there's a backstory to King Saul, who turned out to be a total stinker. Do you remember the warning that God gave to the people who were requesting a king? Don't do it. You're not going to be happy. He's going to abuse you. He's going to use you. He is going to take your stuff, and you're not going to like it. We still want a king. We want to be like all of the other neighbors. So Samuel says, via God, would it be God via Samuel? Yeah, God via Samuel. Don't do it. You're going to be sorry. But if this is what you want, the Lord will give it to you. And wow, did he. They got Saul. And let me add this. They got David and Solomon. Rehoboam, Jeroboam, depending on which side of the border you happen to be on, and and, and a litany of lousy kings. Why would God do that? I think it revolves around the Davidic covenant, a promise to David that there is going to be a better king. We see the children of Israel casting off God's rule. They didn't want him speaking to them through a prophet. And so God said, all righty, here you go. You want it? I'll give it to you. They got a king who never lived up to their expectations. Even David, you would have to go, is, was there a better king? Okay, maybe Uzziah? Maybe Josiah? Uh, maybe. There were better kings. 
but David, you'd have to say that's pretty much the cream of the kingly crop was not great. Remember his son and how he behaved in light of his son and all the bad decisions that he made. We, of course, remember Bathsheba. We remember her dead husband, courtesy of David. And we can conclude the best king doesn't match up, doesn't measure up to the fulfillment of the Davidic kingly covenant that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So we read the Old Testament, we look back and we see all of these lousy kings and we just go, nobody does, nobody comes close. Nobody can do what Jesus does. Nobody reigns like he does. Nobody is perfect the way that he is. So it is a perpetual reminder to us, earthly rulers, they are going to fail, all of them. Only Jesus is the ideal king. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Okay, this one is from Aaron, who says, Todd, uh, last week your segment on bad bosses was certainly needed. But what if your bad boss is a Christian, one who rules with an iron rod, treats his employees with disrespect, and can't be reproofed? <laughs> that's, that's not fun. And you would not be wrong to look for another job because you could find a place where you simply get treated better. But at the same time, I also think of uh, First Timothy, let's just hope that it's chapter 5, shall we? Where Paul actually admonishes slaves and says, um, oh, wait, it's chapter 6. Lest, oh, Jimmy, supply lines. <laughs> they got me. Supply lines. Yeah. Ordered some new glasses from Amazon. A six-pack. <laughs> They're really good ones. A six-pack at 2.25. Yeah. They haven't arrived yet. So I'm 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 as this reading thing is a little bit of a challenge here. Mm. 2.25s on backup. Supply lines. What are, can we you know what Will Smith should have said in defense of himself? Oh, uh, what'd you do? Why'd you slap the guy? Uh, supply lines. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, that's fine. Never mind. That works for everything. Let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the here it is. Here's that. Here uh, it's probably a hint of clause. So that this is why we don't wear let's go Brandon hats. This is why. We honor bad bosses so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Everything that we're doing, now, not all the time everybody, they're looking at you like Mrs. Kravitz, but the world is watching. And God is relentless in the pursuit of building his kingdom. That is what everything is about. Everything is about bringing glory to God. I mean everything. This pen, how it gets used, what, what I, who made it, why they made it, what motivation, all of it is going to be dealt with in eternity. And it'll either point to God and his goodness, or it'll point to God and his justice for those who are reprobated to hell. Everything. And that includes how we treat bad bosses. Now, he goes on to say this. And those who have believing masters, all right, this is the question, exactly. Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because these who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. 
I think that's the answer to the question. Please send yours to idea at wretched.org. So Aaron, uh, no, it was Aaron. Brandon has been doing some thinking. He said he was. I'm going to go with 25, 18 to 25 years old. Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, that's kind of a, that name was right in that zone. Okay. Yeah. I, I won't disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, he was thinking about the term evangelical and how loaded it's become. He said it could refer to men like John MacArthur and Steve Lawson, or it could refer to people like Bill Johnson and Joel Osteen. Do we need a reformation of the term evangelical? Yeah. You know, we need something. This has been a question that has really been bandied about for years. I, I Seriously, this goes back 20 years. A lot of people have had this lament about the name evangelical. I still like the name. It's a good name. If you recall, evangelicals, they predated American evangelicals. I know that's hard to imagine. But Charles Spurgeon, for instance, would be an evangelical. What is one who, who labels themselves with that moniker, they believe in grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone, that an individual must be born again if they're going to see the kingdom of God. And they tend to be evangelistic in nature. They, they want other people to be saved also. So these, these evangelicals have existed long before the evangelical movement in America started, and we'll call it the 1940s. You're right. Today, it has become a dog's breakfast. I think that I'm. if you're going to keep using it, it's going to require explanation. This isn't tidy, but if you want to cling to the term evangelical, call yourself a paleo-evangelical. That's Phil Johnson's term for himself. I'm, a paleo, I'm an old-fashioned evangelical. This modern thing, <laughs> no, but I'm an old-fashioned evangelical. Short of that, which I understand would cause a fair amount of time to be needed to explain what a paleo-evangelical is. Uh, just call yourself a born-again Christian. Call, call yourself uh, somebody who is who is beloved of God. You can call yourself anything else that's biblical if you want to avoid the association with evangelicalism. Isn't it a shame we have to ponder this? This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. So what possibly could the White House have given priority to yesterday? Do you want to guess? Uh, You probably already have some idea that it was the message that early transgender surgeries, hormone treatment, and affirmations are crucial for the health of kids who identify as transgender and non-binary. So I'm going to disagree with the White House on this one. What's crucial for a child's health is being honest with them and telling them the truth. The lies of transgenderism is actually detrimental to a child's health. But the truth, it's not going to further the agenda here. And that's really the only thing that matters to this administration. But this isn't just a domestic problem. It's happening all over the world. In England, it's being reported that the British government has replaced language that requires medical personnel to ask male patients if they're pregnant prior to having x-rays or MRIs. 
Isn't basic biology required in med school? Because that's what this is, basic biology. If a person's pregnant, that's a woman, even if they are playing pretend. I don't know if you happen to stumble across the truth bomb that Kelly Paul, that Senator Rand Paul's wife, dropped on Twitter on Wednesday. But talk about hitting the nail square on the head. That's exactly what she did, and the woke mob pretty upset about it. Here's what she tweeted, quote, Chinese third graders are learning multivariable calculus. Our third graders are being taught men can have babies. This will not end well. No, it most certainly will not. And speaking of gender illiteracy, beginning April 11th, U.S. citizens are going to have the option of selecting the gender-neutral X as a marker on their passports. Oh, what a fun way to continue all the vital progress this country's made. If you don't think other nations around the globe are laughing at America right now, you've got your head in the sand. This isn't progress. It's not even a regress. It's more of a celebration of darkness. Lord help us. Now, the evil and demonic California bill we told you about last week that would allow for a woman to murder a week-old child is set for a hearing next week. Let's all pray that a bill with the language that allows for murdering a baby already born will be stopped in its tracks because the future implications of something like this passing is revolting to even think about. According to a new Barna survey, more than three-quarters of Christian parents say they have concerns about their children's spiritual development and the possibility of them abandoning the faith. And that is exactly why a solid biblical foundation is needed before kids go off to college. What's passing for church and a large percentage of youth groups in this country is the very reason why parents should be concerned. Because when you take the fun and games away, when kids leave home, they're going to lose interest. If fun and games is the foundation that was built for them, that's what's going to have to continue to keep them interested. But if a solid biblical foundation is what's built, though they may stray a little, chances are high that they won't stray too far. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Because God's people disobeyed, He sent them into exile. The book of Ezra tells us of Israel's return under Ezra's leadership and preaching, and how Israel underwent a period of intense reformation. When you experience divine chastisement, look to Ezra to see that God's discipline is meant for your restoration and reformation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Uh-oh. You might not like this. This is Wretched Radio. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Whilst you're doing that, I just received an email from a friend at idea at wretched.org. That is announcing Caitlyn Jenner <clears throat> joins Fox News as contributor. Here's the press release that came from Fox News. Caitlyn's story is an inspiration to us all. She's a trailblazer in the LGBTQ plus community. This is Fox News, by the way. Did, did I mention this is Fox? This is an MSNBC. I'm not talking CNN here. This is Fox News. She's an inspiration, she's a trailblazer, and her illustrious career. (laughs) Illustrious career spans a variety of fields that will be a tremendous asset for our audience. Terrific. If you have perhaps been thinking that Fox is your friend, they will... I'm telling you, they will sell you out as quick as their stock drops because they are in it for money. 
These these are not individuals who certainly have Christian concerns. They are they are an organization that is beholden to stock owners, and they will do what it takes to deliver. And if this is yet another example of the conservative movement that is acquiescing to the LGBTQ movement, um, this is this is going to get a little tricky. I can't help but think if you recall Dave Rubin being celebrated or mum's the word from conservative quarters that he and his husband have a child through a surrogate woman because apparently men can't actually have babies. If this is a trend, I can't help but think about uh, uh, the, the fellow. There's another Fox News contributor who is a homosexual. Nice enough fellow, does a good job, but he's, it's also very public. That's his position. He's probably a log cabin Republican, which is really... Not a very good name, frankly, because Log Cabin, of course, is referring to Lincoln and the accusation that he was gay, which he wasn't. Nevertheless, they're making inroads into conservative circles, into the Republican Party, and not just onto Fox News, but his first appearance will be on the Sean Hannity program. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. This one comes from Kayla. <laughs> You're just ignoring that, I, aren't you? You know, you know, you talked about yesterday uh, having discernment. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to wait before I comment on that one. <laughs> What's there to wait for on this one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sign of the times. It is. You're going to see uh, the dominoes crumble all around you, church. If you're a true church, you're a true believer. Um, those people with whom you can have an affiliation or an association going to get trickier and trickier. (sighs) The times they are a changing and fast. Yes, they are. This one comes from Kayla. She is, uh, she's wondering Todd, if, um, if a woman is uh, still supposed to submit and stay silent to a husband that doesn't lead, doesn't pray, doesn't yeah. read the Bible, doesn't go to church, and doesn't make God the priority of his life. Yeah. I wonder if there's kids involved with that. That's a drag, and I'm sorry. There might be light at the end of this tunnel because I have heard this tale told before where a woman who is godly laments that her husband perhaps isn't as spiritually mature. So what do you do as a woman? Without undermining his authority, you have to do the things that he's not willing to do. You, you, so the prayers, you, you, if he doesn't want to read the Bible together, study the word together, go to church together, you just keep doing those things. And I have heard many, many times that a man has decided after watching his wife and feeling the the wife is leading this, stepped up to the plate, got with the program, and started actually leading. So don't grow weary. Don't don't be discouraged. Just be faithful. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep if nobody if nobody is in the role of being the leader, well, if it's teaching the kids the Bible, you have to teach the kids the Bible because that's that's your responsibility too anyway. So you're not really usurping the role. You're just having to play it all by yourself. 
And that ain't fun. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Charles, who says, Todd, this past Sunday, my pastor had a Roman Catholic bishop come speak to our church. His message was solid and biblical, but but the context of the sermon was unity in the body with other denominations. Yeah. I've reached out to the elders for a sit down, and I was wondering if there was anything in particular you would advise I say or don't say when I meet with my elders. I would open up my Bible to Second John chapter 7, which says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Dealing with docetism here, this was the ancient heresy that said Jesus wasn't really a human being. He only appeared to be a human being, different than Nestorianism, this, and different than Arianism, certainly. This is docetism. They didn't think that Jesus could have a body. This was, interestingly, a very big battle in the early church. How could God be man? How could that possibly be? So docetism was concocted, Greek word dakeo, which means it seems, it appears, He only appeared to be a man, but he wasn't really. John is tagging this right here. Now, just because the Roman Catholic Church doesn't believe in docetism, the principle is here. If somebody's preaching a different Christ, if somebody is preaching something outside of orthodoxy, that is an essential, then you got a problem. And we've got to to take a look and what is it that the Roman Catholic Church teaches that would be outside of orthodoxy? Well, the doctrine of justification, their view of the Bible, the sufficiency of Scripture, the works-based system, Mariology, praying to saints, etc. So we, we would have to look at the Roman Catholic system and say, all right, even though it's not docetism here in Second John, now we're I better read the next verses to see what I'm supposed to do or not be doing. Look at yourselves, that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Christology is important. Here it comes. If anyone comes to you and does not Bring this doctrine, and I would expand it to bring any doctrine that is orthodox, so they bring something that is going to end up ultimately damning people. Do not receive him into your home, nor greet him. For he who... Supply lines! For he who greets him shines, shares in his evil deeds. This is this is a this is the best verse that we have on ecumenism. There is a joining together with people who are orthodox. That is a perfectly fine version or expression of ecumenism. But partnering with somebody who is outside of orthodoxy, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Roman Catholics, um, forbidden. You can't do anything that would give an impression that we believe the same thing and that we're all on the road to heaven together. And I think having somebody who's a Roman Catholic preach in your church races past that line. I would sit down with them on this verse. And there are other things that you could talk about. Of course, you could take them through Protestant Reformation history. That might be helpful. But I would stick on this verse. I would just stay here. And just, I've seen this 
tactic before. And it's not a tactic. It's just relying on the word of God, because you might read this verse to them and say, so we really shouldn't be doing anything that gives the impression we agree with Roman Catholics because of Second John 7 through 11. And they're going to say a bunch of stuff. And while he's in, he didn't say anything wrong. That's irrelevant. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Just stick with the verses. Come back and beat it like Will Smith did to Chris Rock. Okay, not like that exactly. Just keep slapping away, banging away on it, and let the Bible be the two-edged sword. And I would ultimately say this. If your church resists your attempt to denounce what happened in their pulpit, they are not being godly shepherds. They, 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 they are not protecting the pulpit, which is a qualification. It, it, that's just a job description, rather, for an elder. And if they're not doing it, they won't recant of that. They won't tell the congregation and correct it. And then I would encourage you to visit founders.org slash church dash dash search. Founders.org slash church dash search. Why? Because you'll find a Bible-based church there that wouldn't put up with this type of shenanigan. And you need to be in a church like that. Because if a church is willing to partner with a church that is outside of orthodoxy, you're not going to a church. You, you, you currently don't belong to one. Be loving, be respectful, but let the Bible do the talking. And please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. Clearly, I am not the sharpest bulb in the drawer. Nevertheless, I can figure this out. In order for a woman who is experiencing a crisis pregnancy to see an ultrasound, who 80% of the time chooses life, you've got to have an ultrasound machine. Perhaps you have the means to provide an entire ultrasound machine for a pre-born center. If you do, please know the people who use these machines every day, they know their power and they are so grateful. This is our sonogram room, but we call it the miracle room. But for many years, we didn't have much support for this miracle room. Thank you for the new machine that is on its way. Thank you indeed. And if you could provide an ultrasound machine or an ultrasound for just $28, please consider doing so. Preborn.org slash wretched. How would you like to be considered the second smartest person on the planet behind this guy? It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was. Okay, maybe that was a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner is one of the wisest decisions you'll ever make. Gospel Partners Media is a 501c3 nonprofit, meaning all financial gifts are tax deductible. But other than that, why should you consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Simple, because it's your gifts that help us create compelling gospel-centered content that reach millions of people all over the world. And we're members in good standing with the ECFA, the financial accountability folks who audit our books yearly to keep us transparent and accountable to our gospel partners. And 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. So, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us at Gospel Partners Media? Just visit wretched.org slash donate to get complete details. We think it's one of the wisest investments you can make. Wretched.org slash donate. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. 
MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Names of God Is Jesus God? One name given to God in Scripture is El Gibor, the Mighty God. One occurrence of this name stands out. In Isaiah chapter 9, El Gibor is the name given to the promised Messiah. Jesus is that promised Messiah. He is God incarnate. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, there would be the number of the old toll free here on Wretched Radio 1 282 Beep. Please try to keep it a wee bit pithy. An ixnay on the airing sway. 1 282 Hey, Todd, I've got a conundrum for you. So I have a longtime friend who was attending the same church as me for a few years and has now started attending, after getting married, albeit small, a church that endorses transgenderism as well as other far-left political ideas. Didn't know if you had any advice of what I can say or do about this. Yeah, I'd be encouraged by the book of Jude. Snatch them from the flames. There's, there's a fellow who's in trouble, and he's in danger, and you should lovingly go to him and say, oh, friend, I'm so worried about you. Let's take a look and see what the Bible says about these subjects, and then let's take a look and see what your church is teaching on it, because I'm a little concerned you might be in a place that's, that's detrimental to yourself. Now, what I suspect is going to happen is he agrees with it. <laughs> that's my suspicion. Let the Bible do the talking. Always let the Bible do the speaking for you. Just deliver it lovingly out of a heart of compassion and concern. I'm telling you, it it it's it's what what is uh uh put um uh no that's not the right one about honey flies and the what's attracted uh, they're attracted more to flies than vinegar flies are honey huh? like vinegar no that isn't right there's a knife you, in the tool you, shed with the drawer that isn't very sharp no <laughs> you attract bees with uh, uh easier with honey than you do vinegar there you go yeah so and that's biblical by the way speaking truth in love so be loving but speak the truth based on the bible and know that you are doing the right thing One eight seven seven two eight two. Uh, my question is, how can I honor my dad at home when he claims to be a believer but acts like the world? He likes causing heated arguments with other family members and refuses to do any kind of Bible study because he thinks that Bible that the Bible is not meant to be studied and that Bible study will lead to bad theology and eventually cause you to lose your salvation. Yeah, that's a conundrum that's hard and it's common. What can you do as a son? 
there is a lot you can do, but I'll just tell you up front, it ain't easy and it's not what you're maybe hoping for in a response to a conundrum like this. You have to be a super son. You have to be an amazing daughter. Don't engage in the fights. When he tells you to do something, be Johnny on the spot or Janie on the spot. Make sure that you're doing everything to honor him and that you're doing everything to obey him. You don't talk smack about him. And if you ever sin against him, you repent to him. And then you go about the business of growing in holiness, going to your church, reading your Bible, praying to the Lord, and you could be a witness to him and a testimony to him. Don't forget, you're in that home because God ordained for you to be there. And it sounds like your pop, at the very least, is in big trouble. And God has you there for a reason, and you can be a witness to him with your behavior and grow in godliness like you can't even imagine. How hard would it be to live with a dad who claims to be a Christian but doesn't act like one? Yeah, okay, hypocrite pop. Good. What else are you going to teach us today, dad? That would be so easy to do, but getting it under control is going to demand a lot of you. But you're going to be more sanctified. You are going to grow in holiness. You're going to have more love, joy, peace, patience, etc. You will grow in fruit of the Spirit if you play your role the way that you're really supposed to play your role. We're all supposed to be super sons and daughters. But in this instance, it's going to demand much of you. Don't let it feel onerous to you. Instead, see it as a tool that God is using to sanctify you. And then, maybe, as things start to chill a bit in the house because of your behavior, which can have a massive effect on the entire household, I've seen it over and over again, start sharing truth with them. Not to, Okay, so Dad, you need to, you got this all right. Here's the Bible. Let's study Psalm 119. No, just maybe give him something. Hey, Dad, I was listening to this. It was pretty amazing. I just thought you might want to hear it. And I'd love to get your feedback on it. And try to feed him truth, doing it lovingly, respectfully, honoring him as a super son or daughter. And you pray and ask God to do a great work. And he will, as he has many times before, honor your behavior Honor your prayer. It might not be exactly the way that you want it to turn out, but I can tell you, you will grow in holiness. One eight seven seven two eight two. Jesus is Lord over Canada. It's pretty sad when the best church sign I've seen in this city comes from a hotel by the airport. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Frio. It sounds like you're often annoyed at LifeWay research surveys. Is it because there's so many, or is there an agenda behind them that concerns you? Well, it's an arm of the Southern Baptist Convention that is supported by people who give their offerings, trusting that the stewardship will be most excellent. And this is just my perspective. This is not a blanket statement of condemnation, but taking all of these polls, they're expensive. You got to have staff, you got to have phones, you've got to have statisticians, you've got to have the computer systems. And I just I I know these things cost a lot. That's why they're kind of a big deal when somebody announces we've partnered with the Gallup Associate. That's a big deal. So this is a big expense and I just don't see the value in all of the surveys that they do. 
This year we study, how did you feel after your church service? Well, okay, whatever. That's not how we go about doing church, which is another thing that kind of, for me, we don't do church based on surveys and studies. We don't alter the way that, no, we can learn some stuff. I grant you that. But to begin contextualizing church based on a survey, hmm. Hi, Todd. I'm wondering what the Bible means when it says, sing to the Lord a new song. Is this justification for singing new contemporary songs? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably not the way that you, you position it. I suspect it has been used for that. And personally, I'm not opposed to Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. So I, 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 that's that's not why I'm saying it. I just don't know that I would use this verse. Our new song is that we're singing things that we never used to sing. That God puts God puts the song in our heart, and then we just return it back to Him. That's what makes it a new song. Not to be con- is new song still doing their thing. That was that was a group. They had a lot of hits. Yeah, I don't think they are along the way. I think they were out of Johnny Hunt's church, oh. First Baptist Woodstock. Johnny Hunt, who recently retired, it doesn't shock me. He wants to spend his time focusing on evangelism. He was the president of the SBC one or two terms, but his heart has always been to win the lost. I know that because I know Johnny, and I recall years ago. He actually had us come into the church to do a an evangelism seminar with Ray and Kirk and Easy and Mark. We went and did an evangelism conference in Woodstock because Johnny wanted his church to be equipped to win the lost. And he must have been fully behind it because that place was slammed. And I think it seats about 6,000 folks. He's an evangelist at heart. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have a gripe against Johnny. He encouraged us to stay after the Sunday service and have Sunday brunch, lunch, whatever you call it, with him. And I did with my eldest daughter, not knowing that in Atlanta, what looks like it should take about 20 minutes to get to the airport can take you two hours. Then you miss your plane. And then you have to call up your wife and say, um, our daughter's kind of freaking out at the moment because um, she knows something ain't right here and we ain't getting onto an airplane. <laughs> so I appreciate you, Johnny, but um, you made it really hard at home for a couple of days. That's all I'm saying. One eight seven seven two eight two. All right, Mr. Brill, got a certain sign for you. Life has no remote. Get up and change it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there is a place. It, it's it's a. I think it's a. I think it's mattresses. It's cars. Something. And on that, they they would have a sign like that. They always give little life hacks or little life lessons and. Your tomorrow doesn't need to be your yesterday as you do things today or, you know, things just fluffle. That's right. I said fluffle, which is a combination between a piffle and fluff. It's a fluffle. A church sign doing that? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Church sign. Worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. I don't get it either. I, but see, that goes to the then put that up at the mattress store. Put your worldview up there. Every time I drive by one of those signs at one of those stores that have some sort of moralism on it, I want to tell them, hey, keep your worldview off of my 
my body or my eyes or something, whatever it is that they use to argue against abortion. Churches, we need to do better. If our church sign could be confused with a mattress store sign, um, yeah, might want to go back to the drawing board. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.